I remember a conversation I had a couple of years ago with a young mother from the parish. She was telling me that when she was pregnant with her second child, she went to the doctor because she was convinced that there was something wrong with her baby. Now, she wasn't experiencing any big, glaring symptoms. It was just a feeling she had, a sense that she had. The doctor probably thought she was overreacting, but he decided to give her some tests anyway, some of the standard prenatal tests that they give, all of which showed nothing. But the woman wasn't satisfied. She continued pressing the physician. She just had this feeling. Finally, he ordered a very specialized test. And sure enough, they discovered that the baby had severely enlarged kidneys. The doctor then asked the woman if she had ever considered an abortion. At that point, the baby was already five months old. The woman told me she was shocked to find out that abortion was an option that late in a pregnancy. I told her, my dear, abortion is legal in this country for all nine months of pregnancy. It's been that way since 1973. To her credit, she got really upset with her doctor. She told him, no, I would never do that. And happily, four months later, she delivered a healthy baby girl into the world and had her baptized here at St. Pius. I tell this story on this Mother's Day weekend not to focus on the abortion part of it, although that is quite noteworthy. Rather, I tell this story because I think it illustrates in a very powerful way how deep the natural bond is between a mother and her child, even when that child is still in the womb. To me, that's amazing. This young mother discerned that there was something wrong with her baby, even though all the initial tests said otherwise. She knew it, she knew it intuitively. By the way, how can people in the pro-choice movement have the audacity to maintain that abortion does not harm women? What a lie that is, and how many have believed it to their own peril. You know, even if a mother doesn't want the child, this bond that's there by nature, by God's design, gets severed in a violent way in an abortion. And that has got to hurt emotionally and spiritually, unless the mother is hard-hearted or in total denial. This is why Rachel's vineyard retreats and other such experiences are so important. They are such a blessing to the church and to the world because I think they, in a very real way, help to heal, at least to some extent, this gaping wound in post-abortive women. Thank God for that. I should add that if you want more information on Rachel's Vineyard Retreats or you know of someone who might be interested in that kind of experience, go to our new website and consult our parish handbook You'll find phone numbers there. The love that Jesus describes in today's gospel passage from John 15 is the kind of love that many of us, thankfully, were blessed to experience from our human mothers, even before we were born. That was a great grace. 
This is real love, the love of Jesus himself, the love that he witnessed to in his own life and especially in his passion and death. Notice that Jesus says in this text, love one another as I love you. That's a very important qualifying phrase that he tacks on to the end of that commandment. As I love you. In today's world, as we all know, love means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Sad to say, for a lot of people in our culture right now, right now love is synonymous with sex. Period. St. Thomas Aquinas had a different take on it. He defined love based on Jesus' teaching here in John 15 and in other places of the New Testament. And Aquinas said that to love means to desire the good for another human being. It's a decision. It's a decision to desire the good for somebody else, no matter what. No matter what they do to you, no matter what their attitude is to you, no matter what. Jesus came to this earth suffered and died on the cross because he desired the good for you and for me. Actually, he desired the ultimate good for all of us, eternal life. In this regard, the love of Jesus was absolutely positively selfless. All real love is selfless. He suffered and died for us, not for himself. In fact, Jesus never thought of himself first. Neither do good mothers. Good mothers always put the needs of their children before their own. That's what motivated that young mother to continue to press her doctor about the condition of her unborn child. She didn't care what the doctor thought of her. That's very evident. It was very evident in her conversation. She didn't care. He could say whatever he wanted, that she was nuts, didn't matter. She really believed in the depths of her being there was something wrong with her baby. That was her concern. See, that's selflessness. Jesus' love also was patient. A patient love. Think of how patient he was with his apostles. They were not the brightest bulbs on the planet. He had to be patient with them a lot when Peter put his foot in his mouth, etc. Good mothers are also patient. My mother definitely was patient with me, and I tried her patience more than a few times. I know that's hard for you to believe, but <laughs> I did do that, yes. Jesus' love was also forgiving. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Think about it. Good mothers will often forgive their children when almost nobody else will. And incidentally, I think this is a reason why we call the church our mother. We use that expression, do we not? Holy Mother Church. We call her that because in the sacrament of confession, she will forgive us for anything. Literally, anything. And above all else, the love of Jesus Christ was self-sacrificial. As we heard him say in today's Gospel, greater love nobody has than to lay down his life for somebody else. The best visual definition of love that you will ever encounter in your life is right on the back wall of our sanctuary, the crucifix. Now, I have not done a scientific survey on this, but every mother I have ever talked to about this issue has told me 
in no uncertain terms that she would be willing to die for her children if it came down to that. No questions asked. And I believe them. I don't doubt them for a minute. But you see, that really shouldn't surprise us. Given this special bond that I talked about at the beginning of the homily, the bond a mother has with her child by nature, by God's design, even before they are born. Now it's true, not every mother does love her children in this way, with the selfless, patient, forgiving, self-sacrificial love of Jesus Christ. Sad to say that's true. For those mothers, we should pray at this Mass a special prayer of petition, a prayer that they will let Jesus Christ more fully into their hearts and experience a transformation in their lives, both for their own sakes and, of course, for the sake of their children. But for the rest, for those mothers like my mother, those mothers both living and deceased, who have faithfully witnessed to Christ's love in their motherhood, for all of you, we today offer a prayer, a very sincere prayer of gratitude. We thank God. We thank God for the, from the bottom of our hearts for your presence in our lives. And we ask Almighty God to reward you here and, of course, in eternity for all that you have done and, in some cases, are still doing for us.